from flight 17th of February 1912. A hot day, one of the hottest of the summer, time for three points of the compass to venture out. But where to go? Somewhere breezy and cool, somewhere wooded and shaded? Nope, I decided an exposed section of mostly farmland with little shelter, little difference in terrain, no climbs, all low level, in fact almost sea level, would be just the ticket. Especially as I was glancing at where British aviation history was made, and is today largely forgotten. Hardy Church, or the Church of St. Thomas the Apostle, is a glorious cool respite from the heat of the day and is worth a brief exploration prior to a day's walk. I was walking from one quiet and secluded hamlet to another, equally isolated coastal settlement, at the most easterly point of the Isle of Sheppey, before a meandering inland amble back via various tracks and bridleways. Few of the landscape images shown here will be of much interest. The fields are mostly devoid of features, but delve a little into this area's history and it can be surprising what is hidden. Gordon Bennett Aviation Trophy monoplane flying in the international airplane racing event held at East Church, Olive Sheppey in 1911. I parked at Hardy, a place probably first populated in the late Bronze Age. Later, in the Middle Ages there were extensive salt working near here and the remnant mounds are some of the only taller features of the mostly flat ground at the eastern end of the Isle of Sheppey in North Kent. The farm fields were mostly cereals of which around half had recently been taken in. The fields were quiet with no one around, no walkers, no farm workers, none of the few local residents to be seen. Perhaps unsurprising given that the air was already stifling, a quivering haze over the fields as the air distorted. Barn Owl in Window of Hardy Church Prior to setting off on my walk I stopped into the lovely little church that overlooks the swale from its modest rise. The interior of the late 11th or early 12th century grade 2 Hardy Church doesn't quite live up to its lovely exterior but three points of the compass was especially taken with some of the stained glass that depicts local farming scenes and wildlife. There is no electricity or running water in this isolated church. Lighting in the nave being provided by hanging paraffin lamps. The fields are large and mostly flat. Prior to the First World War, the fields beside my path, adjacent to Hardy Church, were emergency landing areas for the pilots experimenting with faltering training flights during the war years of 1914-1918. Today, they were simply cereal crops. The flat cereal fields of Eastern Sheppey. Looking northwest to the slight rise at East Church. The small dot in the sky is a soaring marsh harrier. After an initial exploratory wander around some of the fields I moved toward the seawall of the Swale National Nature Reserve which I then followed northward between the saltings and the grazing marsh. This area is part of the internationally recognized coastal marshlands of North Kent with many rare and uncommon migrant moths and butterflies. It is an especially wonderful place in winter with large numbers of waders, wildfowl and raptors and today's walk could also be completed then. The rough pasture provide breeding space for waders in the spring and turns nest along the shell spit off shellness. Today, little moved. Marsh harriers quartered the fields or soared on thermals. Swans, geese and little egrets quietly fed in the dikes. Just a few corn buntings and warblers were moving around, it was a quiet and hot walk and I was pleased to stop off in the relative cool of one of the hides for mid-morning snack and water. Rough coastal marshland, sympathetically managed for wildlife by local farmers a small number of hides are provided for bird watchers and the merely curious. From Flight 27th of November 1909 The Short Brothers built their first aircraft factory at Shell Beach, Shellness, at the far eastern end of the Isle of Sheppey. It was probably built there for two reasons, the flat fields being ideal for early flights and the very isolation and seclusion that the area offered. Eustace and Oswald Short took their first flight in a coal gas-filled balloon in 1897 and began selling balloons in 1902, supplying the British Indian Army by 1905. 
joined by their brother Horace, they opened an aerodrome at Shell Beach on the Isle of Sheppey in July 1909. The Short Brothers, or Shorts, were licensed to sell copies of the Wright Flyer aeroplane and six were sold to the Aero Club, later Royal Aero Club, that was situated at nearby Laysdown-on-Sea. The Wright brothers visited the Shorts aerodrome frequently and had been impressed with the facilities there. They were introduced to the Shorts by Charles Rolls, of Rolls-Royce fame, also an avid airman. Rolls was given pilot's certificate number two and in 1910 flew a Wright flyer built by Shorts near here to make the first two-way crossing of the English Channel. Charles tragically went on to be the first Briton killed in an aeronautical accident when the tail of his Wright flyer broke off during a flying display in 1910. A window in nearby Eastchurch Church commemorates Rolls and his friend Cecil Grace, the latter lost at sea in a cross-channel flight in 1910. Grace had been returning to Eastchurch when he crashed at sea, steering by the sun as he had discarded his unreliable compass. The tide was out and most avian wildlife was far from my path however the grating cry of turns was constant as I neared the little isolated community at Shellness. The husk of a slow worm lay on my path, picked over by a lucky gull or kestrel, just the meaty middle section had been eaten. Butterflies led my way down the clear path, the bare earth so dry it was cracked open with gullies wide enough to swallow my foot. Once upon a time Shellness was thought might become a bit of a touristy holiday hotspot and a narrow gauge railway opened in 1901 and ran almost all the way to this end of the island, however tourism barely materialized and the railway closed December 4, 1950. Almost nothing remains to show the line ever existed. There is a little car park at the end of the nature reserve but no one was visiting. I had enjoyed two hours of walking without seeing a soul. I joined the sea wall at the northeastern tip of Sheppey and began the short walk westward toward Laysdown-on-Sea. There were now a number of people around. They had all parked their cars on the rough unmade road leading out to the peninsula and occupants had made their way to the sand and shingle dunes to my right. Little windbreakers peeked their tops from hollows, their owners standing beside, arms akimbo. I kept my gaze averted as this is one of the few official UK naturist beaches. Ironically, I was now wearing more clothes than when I set off as the sun was unrelenting and I had now donned sun sleeves. The Short Brothers looked to the sky. Statue at Muswell Manor, near Laysdown on Sea the Short Brothers were Britain's first aircraft manufacturers also designing and building the first British-powered aircraft to complete a circular flight of one mile. At the Muswell Manor Caravan Park on the edge of Laysdown I stopped to admire the roadside commemorative statue of the three Short Brothers. Muswell Manor used be called Muscle House, and was the home of the world's first flying club the Aero Club of Great Britain. It is an apt location for the lovely evocative statue. The brothers stand gazing toward the fields where their early aircraft lumbered into the sky. With their arms outstretched, the three siblings appeared to indicate that there were no bounds to their airborne ambition. Pioneers of aviation back row, left to right, J.D.F. Andrews, Oswald, Horace, and Eustace Short, Francis McLean, Griffith Brewer, Frank Hedges Butler, Dr. W.J.S. Lockyer, Warwick Wright. Seated, left to right, J.T.C. Moore Brabazon, Wilbur Wright, Oliver Wright, Charles Rolls. Photographed outside Muscle House, later Muswell Manor, May 1909. Small plaque celebrating the first powered aerial flight made nearby, by a Briton J.T.C. Moore Brabazon, on May 2, 1909. The Parks Clubhouse apparently displays early aviation history via various photographs and documents but in this year of COVID-19, with associated social distancing, I was not stopping in, so after again pausing in the welcome shade of a decent-sized tree, uncommon around here, and further hydration I walked a short distance along the track to a little sad and broken memorial plaque to Britain's first aviator. 
25-year-old John Theodore Cuthbert Moore Brabazon was the third name to appear in Short's First Order book and on May 2, 1909, two days before the Wright brothers first visited the Shell Beach Aerodrome and Factory, he took off, near where I was standing, in his short aeroplane Bird of Paradise to become the first resident Englishman to make an officially recognized aeroplane flight in England with flights of 450 feet, 600 feet, and 1,500 feet in March 1910 Moore Brabazon became the first person to qualify as a pilot in the UK. Moore Brabazon's Bird of Paradise, at Short's Shell Beach Factory, 1909. The hangars were relocated the following year to East Church. Three points of the compass moving inland through a short section of reed beds after a coastal section at the east end of the Isle of Sheppey. Greater than pigs might fly. On 30th of October that year Moore Brabazon went on to win a £1,000 prize offered by the Daily Mail by flying a circular mile. Piloting a short biplane number two and cocking a snook at scoffers, on November 4, 1909 he strapped a pig into a litter bin, tied it to a wing strut and proved that pigs, indeed, might fly. The mostly flat and featureless fields at the eastern end of the Isle of Sheppey reveal little of their importance to Britain's aviation history. It was here that the first powered flight was made by an Englishman. Some rights of way have been diverted over the decades. I had seen bridleways on my OS map that used to loop out into fields before returning to a concrete farm track. My map, purchased decades before when I first walked this area, was now showing its age. Rights of way had been diverted and there was now no need to crash through the crops and for a while I stuck to a concrete road that ran between the isolated settlements. East Church could be seen off to my right and I took whatever permissible path that enabled me to get nearer. Marsh Harrier circled above and there was barely a sound to be heard. A lone spitfire flew over. Off to some commemorative flyby down the far coast towards Whitstable. No military aircraft take off from the island today but in 1911 the Royal Navy established a flying school only a half dozen miles from where I was walking. Shorts began supplying their aircraft to the Navy and eventually turned to seaplanes. The rough roads around here had been crucial in 1913. The float planes that Shorts manufactured for the Navy had to be towed behind a lorry from their factory to the other end of the island where they could be launched from the timber wharf at Queenborough. I was walking at the eastern end of the island but it was at Sheerness Harbour in 1912, at the western end of Sheppey that a short S-27 became the first plane to take off from a ship in Britain. Proving the way and making the inception of aircraft carriers are realised practically. Inland walk through the flat fields where experimental flights took place 1909-10. Greater than flight guaranteed. Charles Rolls flies his short right flyer A from Shell Beach to East Church on December 21, 1909. Despite the flatness of the fields at this end of the island, Shorts quickly realized that the drainage dikes and ditches also found here could be hazardous so the three brothers decided to move just three miles west to a more permanent factory at East Church. It was there, at Stamford Hill, East Church, that Charles Rolls had successfully completed an unpowered flight in 1908 in a glider made by Shorts. It was also at East Church that Shorts built the world's first twin-engine aircraft, the S-39 or Triple Twin, in 1911. The Gordon Bennett Aviation Trophy competition was held there the same year. From Arrow 15th of March 1910. East Church Aerodrome, see 1911. One of Short's customers, Francis McLean, had purchased Stone Pitts Farm, at East Church and it was to there that the Aero Club relocated from Muswell Manor. McLean rented out the land surrounding the farm to Short's and it developed into a complex of factory sheds and hangars. McLean loaned his aircraft to the Navy for them to train their pilots. Winston Churchill, then First Lord of the Admiralty, learned to fly East Church in 1913. And the airfield was requisitioned in December 1914 to serve as the base for No. 2 and No. 4 Squadron's Royal Naval Air Service, RNAS.
as well as being a training ground for naval pilots, experiments were held here with wireless telegraphy, bomb dropping, aerial machine gunnery and navigation while flying. There is a remarkable short piece of film that survives, showing Empire Air Day when it was held at East Church in 1937. Later the area became RAF Station East Church. In the Second World War, it was a notable base for the Polish Air Force during the Battle of Britain. Shorts outgrew their factory at East Church, and in late 1933 opened an additional much larger factory at Rochester, about nine miles to the west on mainland Kent. In 1934 they finally closed their East Church factory. Stone Pits Farm sits surrounded by the Shorts sheds and hangars where Shorts built their aircraft and members of the Aero Club stored their craft. Sadly, I couldn't walk around this part of the island as the area where the hangars were situated has now become a Category D open prison holding over 450 men in prison Stanford Hill. Prison Swallside was built on the airstrip of RAF East Church. Instead, I hugged the edges of a few fields as I explored the low terrain, moving west and east as the paths permitted, moving back toward my start point at Hardy. Hair started as I approached, then shot off across the stubble at impressive speed. The aircraft sheds at East Church photographed over a century ago. This is where the earliest of British-made aeroplanes were constructed and kept between flights. Sadly there is little left surviving of those halcyon days of the British aircraft industry. What remains is dilapidated and unloved. There is no general public access to the site of the original East Church aircraft hangars built by Harbrows for the Admiralty in 1912. The remnants are now within the walls of imprisons. These hangars were being used for storing agricultural machinery around a decade ago and were photographed then. I returned to Hardy Church, my walk over by mid-afternoon. No one else had been around when I commenced my day's walk, on my return, the interior of the church was being swamped by a couple of large and loud family groups, presumably drawn there due to its proximity to the nearby Ferry Inn. However a couple of shaded benches are conveniently situated in the surrounding church grounds and with the temperature now in the 30s, I sat for a while, cooled off, rehydrated and took in a last inhalation of the peace of the area before returning to my car and home. Today was a simple walk. The paths are level and it takes an eye to look for variety and interest. A short circuit of the east end of the Isle of Sheppey could be made in 6 miles, exploring a little more extends that to around 13 or 14 miles. The small village of East Church now has a memorial to the home of aviation. Credit, with thanks to Dave Robinson of Aviation Ancestry for the three images from Arrow and Flight. Three points of the compass does not always blog on the trails walked. Links to those that have been covered can be found here.